You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege to gather this morning, and we ask in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you would speak to our heart. Let no one leave here the same. Holy Spirit, do your work. Um, let everyone have a testimony out of this service. We give you thanks, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus. And let's also thank Dodos and Pastor Femi for sharing their God experience. Thank you so much. Um, Caleb, where are you at? Where's Caleb? Caleb, Caleb, Caleb. Yeah, this is Caleb. Can you help me give this to Didi and tell her I don't have my notes? Sorry. So I was really excited about coming to preach this morning, and I forgot to download my notes. But it's okay. All right. There's a message. <laughs> there's a message. Um, let's thank God. It's the end of the fast today. Let's put our hands together. Uh, this is not the last fast for this year. It is the first one. I'm sure about that. There's, a twen- there's another 21 days. I hope people that didn't fast are acting shocked. There's another 21 days. There is at least another 21 days and maybe another 14. But we're going to fast this year. Because, and it's not because, not a contest though. Just in case there's a contest, let them know. But um, because there is the work of God on the earth, um, and there's a level of hunger, there's a level of faith, that we will need to get into. I remember saying this at the beginning of the year, that one thing that I was going to do as resident pastor was to ask the church for big things. Okay, so please tell the person next to you, tell him you will fast this year. You will fast this year. Yeah, all right. You, you will be faster. <laughs> all right, praise God. And so this service, thank you very much. This is Caleb. Um, he's not single again, is he? Well, this is Caleb. Is is in? Huh? He's still single. <clears throat> Speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> a single. All right. He's single. He's a poet. So, <laughs> um, yeah. There, there it goes. All right. Um, I want to talk today. I mentioned last week. Help me ask the person next to you. Ask them how are you? How are you? How are you? Right. In fact, you know how we do. Just tell them, I love you very much. I love you. But I know it's a bit strange and sudden. You know, out of nowhere, I love you. And Timon, I know no one told you I love you. I love you on behalf of the church. If the person next to you ignored you, I'd like you to just eye them gently. <laughs> eye them. Just gently. Just give it out of the corner of the eye. Just them, we'll see in heaven shortly. Uh, after the rapture, let's see where all this your forming gets you. Because when you come to God's presence, you should not form. Yeah, you should have no heirs. The Bible says, in the presence of God, there is liberty. So I know that you have a degree from Harvard, but this is the presence of God. I know you drove in in a G-Wagon with red leather seats, but hey, this is the presence of God. Huh? <laughs> this is only when Nifemi talks. <laughs> this is when Nifemi wakes up. But I need you to... I love Nifemi. The good man. But, but I want, I'd like you to, be, to feel free, all right, in God's presence. Tell the person next to you, tell him, feel free, feel free, feel free. Right? 
If as I preach, something touches your heart, stand up and shout, yes. Wait, let me get there. <laughs> so it doesn't look forged. Just, when I li- All right, I see you guys are excited this morning. But a quick message says, can you see the signs? Last week, uh, one of the things I said was that I wanted to speak about being led by the Holy Spirit. Um, and God will often signal newness to us in diverse ways. In very different ways. And some of the ways that God will show us newness is in natural things. In natural things. So sometimes things will happen around you that will signal that there's a new beginning. Right? So for example, you get married. There is a new beginning. You don't need a leading of the Holy Spirit. You don't need anything to tell you that. You get a new job. There's a new beginning. You move to a new city. There's a new beginning. You have a new boyfriend. New beginning. By the grace of God. Amen. We get a new president in the country. A new beginning. Hey, hey, hey hang on, guys. I mean it. I'm not even okay. I'm not even going to respond to that. So they see where I was on that. So sometimes it's in natural things. There are some signals that have to do with you that are not necessarily going to come to you or through you. And this is what I mean. A friend of mine who is really deep. Let's see. You know, I've got like a couple of them, and, and she was talking this week about butterflies. I was like, you know, when people, deep people, they didn't look for, you know, deep things to explain simple things. Um, and she was talking about this whole process of transformation. I mean, hers was much more complex than what I'm about to say. But I then realized that <laughs> the butterfly goes through stages. There's first the science students, talk to me. There's what? Hey, the what? So I hear eggs. I hear lava. Okay, and then there is the. Huh? Speak out. Felicia, you didn't. You didn't wait in that class. I know. I know. <laughs> then Rona. Then there's the what? There can't be egg again. We are moving forward. <laughs> there's who? The caterpillar. You have to say it with an accent. Caterpillar. And then after that, there is. No, who is in the cocoon? Oh, what? Anyway, but, but this is it. <laughs> uh, you should listen in class. Uh, but what happens is that it gets to, as it moves through the different stages, right? It's not something that it does. It is something that God has ordered. And then it gets to a place where there is a cocoon, right? It's in there for a period. And I, I don't know what it's called at that stage. But it's not something that it signals. In fact, it's not, it doesn't, all it knows is that there is a day that comes that God has organized the universe to birth something new. And so for someone here, there's stuff that is happening around you and you must recognize when God is starting a new thing. Jesus will say in Matthew 24, He says, look, when you see the fig tree 
and its branch has become tender and puts forth leaves, it says you will know that summer is near. So you should not be insensitive to these natural indicators. It's like a baby in the womb. The baby in the womb doesn't know when it's time to come out. If you've been pregnant before, you know that a good baby will kick you every now and then. Right? I've not been pregnant. My wife was pregnant. And, I, you know, and then sometimes you see the children moving. And for someone, you can sense it. But, you don't, but the baby has no clue when he will be born or when she will be born. And so sometimes around our lives, God will put things around to show us that there is a change coming. And so we say all things are working together for my good. Romans 8, 28. I am not the one who is working all things. In fact, in Romans 8, Paul says that the whole of creation is as in the pangs of childbirth until God's children are manifested. And that's why prayer is important, guys. That's why we've been praying this last 21 days. That's why we'll continue to pray. Because there are certain things that have to happen in your life, in my life, for new beginnings to be manifested. And some of those things are not directly within our control. And so when I begin to pray, when I begin to pray for more than just the things that I need, when I especially begin to pray in the Spirit, someone says, what do you mean praying in the Spirit? Romans 8 says, sometimes we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. It says, but the Holy Spirit helps us. And so sometimes when you see us praying in the Holy Ghost, we, you do not understand what we are saying, but God understands what we are saying. And so we are praying about those things. We are praying about changes that must happen in our environment. That is why prayer is extremely important. Let me tell the person next to you, tell them you have to pray. You, you actually have to pray. Yeah, you have to pray. Psalm 51, I think, it says, Lord, our times are in your hands. But there are things that need to be in place. And Jesus will say, when you see, you know, I think it's Matthew 24. It says, when you see the abomination, abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, you will know. There are certain things that need to be in place. And so every now and then you should wake up and pray. Every now and then you should take time away from everyone and go and pray. You should head out, um, like PFA said, to Dubai for one month. First class, with your pastor. <laughs> and go and pray. You should stop praying only for the things that you know about. Yeah. You should stop praying. You should start, someone should be praying for next year already because your life is more than today. You should spend some time praying in the Holy Ghost without an agenda. Because what happens as you pray is that there is then some alertness that comes. You, are, you, you begin to know when your water is about to break. You, you begin to sense that though you, you don't know all the parts yet, 
that there's something happening in your environment. There are other things which God will signal supernaturally to us. In Exodus chapter 3, he has an encounter with Moses. And he shows up in a burning bush. God requires Moses' attention for the things that God will signal to us supernaturally. He would require that we would put away distractions. We would put away things that do not enable us to understand. And so for someone today, I'm saying, would you be conscious of those moments? And, and and this is, this is where it gets interesting for me. Because over the years, as I've taught about being led by the Holy Spirit, I, you know, like a good teacher, I've always said, look, guys, you know, um, stay in prayer, and you should pray. But I think if there's anything that I have learned over this fast, is that we will have to deal with unbelief. And it says, Unbelief, what does it have to do with being led by the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you. I believe that trusting God is just as important, if not even more important, than getting facts from Him. Follow me, church. God takes Israel out of Egypt, gets them into the wilderness, right? Exodus chapter 16, you read. I read that to your hearing, verse 15 to 21. He begins to provide for them. Verse 15, the Bible says, So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is this? Or what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord has given to you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. One omer for each person. According to the number of persons, let everyone take, every man take for that, for those who are in his house. So essentially, food shows up from heaven. But God is giving them more than food. He's telling them how to trust him. Because he makes a very curious remark. He says, do not take more than you need for today. If you're like BWS, who's like, you know, super accountant, super administrator, when you head out to pick your manna, you're trying to figure out how many are we at home? Seven. How many days in a week? Seven. How many months? And you kind of do the math. You say, bring a trailer. Let's go. But God says, no way. He says, you will only take what you need for today. In fact, uh, you read verse 19. He says, and Moses said, let no one leave any of it till morning. He says, nevertheless, or no, notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses. But some of them left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was very angry with them. And so they gathered it every morning, every man, according to his need. And when the sun became hot, it melted. God was teaching them how to trust him. That every day when they woke up in the morning, they had an expectation of God. And so it's like when we go to the gym. It's 
know there's some people who visit the gym once a month and say they're exercising. That's not real. We fitness people, we know we go regularly. And Photoshop, put your hands down. Put your hands down. And to build proper muscles, you have to go regularly. You can't go January 3rd, March 3rd, October 3rd. No, that's not it. It is the same thing with your trust muscles. Jesus, or the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And all through this season, it was almost as if God was dealing with me saying, look, you, you guys talk about fear a lot, and that's important. But you never really talk about the state of your trust or your faith in God. You never really check to see whether you still trust God. And so what happens is when you show up in prayer, you show up with an unbelieving heart. And he says to them, will you put your trust in God and not the manner? He says that your faith is more important, it seems, than even the instructions. The Bible says that Jesus shows up somewhere full of the wisdom and the power of God, but that he could not do anything great in that place because of unbelief. God's biggest challenge with the people of Israel all the way in the wilderness was simply because they did not get to the place where they trusted him. I believe that trust is the foundation for spiritual sensitivity. So a man can be in a prayer meeting 24 hours a day and come out not having a clue about what God is doing. Someone can fast for 48 days, straight, dry, only two bottles of water, and come out not hearing anything. Help me ask the person next to you, tell them, do you trust God? Do you trust? Do you trust God? John 12 and 37 says, but although... He had done so many things before them, they did not believe in him. Trust is the foundation for being led by the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you, have you ever met someone before who you trusted? And now you don't trust them anymore? Hmm. And I don't know why whenever we talk about things like this, people just generally think about the guy who walked away. He said, I, you are the prettiest girl in the world. There is no one like he quoted Shakespeare. Threw some Bonaboy in there. Some Johnny Drill. He says, there's no one like you. I will marry you. Make you beautiful. Take you to Paris. And then we will be in church. But today he's with Necker. You don't trust him no more. The fact that you trusted God yesterday doesn't mean you trust him today. 
And so every morning, this is again what I'm learning because it's key to being led by the Holy Spirit. When you wake up, you need to train your heart to trust God. That is why our daily spiritual disciplines are important, guys. That is why worship is important. Because sometimes you go through a tough time and you don't, you don't trust God as much as you used to do. But when you stay in God's presence and as you sing that worship song, somehow you train your heart to trust God again. I remember a story of someone who I know very well. And he had this extremely close friend. And one time, don't worry about all the context of the story, just follow. One time they would say to themselves, I am giving you an anything card. Which meant that card I give it to you, Felicia. And I'm not giving you one, I'm just saying an example. And it simply means that you can ask me for anything at any time, to do anything at any time, and I would say yes. A one-off card. And they would give each other such. And you cannot give that to someone you don't trust. <laughs> Some of you, you can't even give your, even your pastor, you can't give him your ATM card and pin. I say, Dami, give me your card. What's the pin? P.I. Uh, But do you trust God enough to give him an anything card? To say, look, God, this is my life. Anything you want, when you want it, anything you say, when you say it. Because people who do that get to a place where once the Holy Spirit then speaks to them, it is easier for them to hear. In fact, it's interesting about unbelief that I feel an impression in my heart earlier today that God is not upset with us when we doubt. Jesus shows up in the, in the garden and says, Lord, if it's your will, look, I'm, I'm not, is it your will? God is not upset with us when we question, but when we get to the place where our hearts do not believe him, that everything can happen. You can be in, in the middle of the biggest meeting. The geo, the redeemed Christian church of God can be here. Our bishop, Pastor Godman, can be here. Falabi Noel can be singing, Nathaniel Bassi on the other side, and all sorts of things are being said. An unbelieving heart will not pick what the Holy Spirit is saying, will even hear prophecy and say, eh, ah, is that not what they said last year? New beginnings. Ah. I think they even used to move it around churches because these new beginnings, that's what they said in the other church, new beginnings. <laughs> new beginnings. <laughs> mm, man of God. Hebrews chapter 3, he begins to say, look guys, 
Make sure you stay in the zone of encouragement lest your heart becomes hardened. And begins to say, because a hardened heart cannot believe, does not believe. I said it last week and I'll say it again. How do you know when you are incubating unbelief? When you can no longer remember what God said. When you have no regard for what God is saying. When there is a refusal to enter into the new. When there is a desire to keep going back to Egypt. Where slavery is more acceptable than obedience. Where you say the devil you know is better than the angel that you do not know. But in this season, in the coming weeks, in the coming months, God is breaking forth on all sides. But he's looking for a people who can be led by the Holy Spirit. Have you seen people before arguing with Google Maps? You went there by yourself. Akia Deshola, number 26. It says, take left. And there in your wisdom, you say, take left where? There's always traffic there. There's no road there. In fact, I know that if I go straight, and then you go straight, and typically what happens, because you know, it's happened to someone I know and me before. <laughs> I've disregarded it. Forgot, like, I know where I'm going now. And then as you, you know what happens is that you, you go five minutes and then humility wells up because you see the traffic. Unbelief. Let me tell the person next to you, tell them, are you a believer? Are you, are you a believer? Because we need to settle the heart first before we learn the techniques. Because we tell people, look, oh, this is how it is. There's the inner witness. Romans 8 says the Holy Spirit will testify with your spirit. We tell them about the audible voice. We tell them about being led by the word of God. We'll tell them about prophecy, visions, and dreams. But would we church in this season, as God sends signals all around, make sure that we are a believing people? One time, Okay, this is not, I don't, I don't, you, you know how that sometimes you don't see things because of what is already within your heart, right? We're in this room now and there are all sorts of signals in this place. There are all sorts of radio signals, but we can't pick them. There's, what are the radio stations? Cool, cool FM, Rhythm, sorry, Classic, Smooth. BTFM, they're all here, all of them. In fact, they're also phone signals. As we're in church, people are even texting other people, so it's all going up and down. Well, you can't say they're texting their friends. Where are you? You're not in church. Pia is killing this message. But guys, I know this that we must let God in this season teach us how to trust him. And I know it sounds so simple, but it's amazing how 
I said to someone, I, I used to think I'm a faith teacher, and I still am, and I will teach faith. But it's amazing how you can be a faith teacher and not trust God. How do I develop my trust in God? That you would hang around him some more. I, I don't know who it is, and I don't know why this is so important, but it is this thing about worship and your heart. Worship and your heart. Because, you know, we always used to say how that we need to worship God so that God will be happy and God will feel. But it's interesting that the impact of worship on the Christian's heart is something we don't talk about enough. That when you stay in God's presence and sing, you are beautiful beyond descriptions, too marvelous for words, too wonderful for comprehension. You know there's a way you can say certain lines that even you begin to believe the lines? I became. You know there's some lines you say sometimes that sometimes you forget. And that is, <laughs> I know you, you, know, you have lines now. But, but that's how it is with worship. That when you, the more you talk about him, the more you sing about him, the more you rave about him, that you would intentionally keep yourself in a place where testimonies are shared. I said to myself last week or this week, my God, I'm not hearing enough testimonies. In fact, 10 years ago, it might have been fine. But nowadays, because there is such a the velocity of information that comes to me on a daily basis so much, I need to be super intentional about hearing good news about God. So you know if you heard, look, IBK just got back from New York and he gave Shola $1,000. And then he gave Falabi, his guy, $2,000. He gave BWS $3,000. There is some trust. And when, no, when IBK says, Apia, I'm coming to see you. <laughs> Woo! I'm looking to God, but my heart is excited. <laughs> He's not even giving me anything. He, he said, I have a little something for you. <laughs> I say, God, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. There's some progression here. Even if it's 3, 5. <laughs> but we all do it now. Not all your uncles excite you when they're coming to visit. You have a gradation in your, you have some graduation in your mind. There's the uncle that comes, you are absent. There's the uncle that comes, you are tracking him. Should I come and pick you at the airport? Because you don't want anybody to intercept. You, you make the house nice. It doesn't matter what mom is cooking. You bake a cake for him. He has performed before. He will do it again. <laughs> will you let God evidence fill your heart? This is key. So sometimes when we go to Exodus chapter 3, and Moses is having a conversation with God. We think he just saw fire. But you forget that this is Moses that was birthed in the midst of a fight. And had heard stories about the fact that God was going to deliver Israel. 
So even though he was in a dark place, when he stands there, there is something within his heart. So when God begins to speak to you about big things, you can hear it. Sometimes God comes, he wakes you up. He says, I'd like you to buy a bank. But you see, because you don't have trust in your heart, what you hear is, I'd like you to go to the bank. So you say, Pia, God told me to go to the bank. So you show up in front of GTB or Access or wherever you bank. But he, he, no, nothing happens. Maybe it's not God. And you go back again. He says, IBK, I'd like you to buy a bank. But, you know, your heart cannot capture it. There is no trust in God. And so you go to another bank, another branch. And he says, I, I'd like you to change the world. But, but you, can't, you can't hear it yet. That we would build our trust in God. That we would deal frontally with unbelief. I, and I think preparing for this, I kind of knew that this year worship is a big deal for us. Worship is not just a part of the service that we do so that, the, you know, it's not, it's not the hype, they're not the hype man for the preacher, No. And, and this is what we do on Sunday is not enough. That you need to have your worship playlist. You need to surround your house with worship. And some of you know you have playlists that you shouldn't have. Just wanted to mention that we know. Even your ringtone sometimes, it can't ring in church. It should not ring in church. So I was quickly checking their phone. <laughs> But would you put together a worship? Would you, put, would you just put an atmosphere around your heart that builds trust in God? For someone else, would you consider going to God first? God is my major strategy for the years to come. Yeah, that's the whole song by itself. He's my, look here, I love strategy. But as I stand today, God is, because if I say he's the only strategy I have, you know, then angels might email me later that I was lying because I have some other small, small things in God. Yeah, but you understand. Um, but God is. I know, man, I've got good people around me. But God is my strategy. He's my plan. I can see some parts. I can see people he sent into my life. But just in case those people get up and hear another call, God is my plan. That I will not hold on to the manner and say this is God. You know, there's an old song. We have to pray. There's plenty of prayer this morning. They used to say, trust, trust and obey, right? Do you know the song? Too. <laughs> 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 
there's some, there's some people, there's some old school people here. rest of the service, we're going to pray some. My pastor and the bishop over all the Elevation churches has been praying for us. Sometime in the prayer would play a very quick video as he leads us in confessions and prayer. But this is it, guys. God is sending us signals. He will shift things in the natural he will show up to someone in a dream. God has been speaking to someone consistently for the last six months about a career path. But because of the state of our hearts, we are misinterpreting what he's been saying. Not doubt, unbelief. And so we want to train our hearts in God's presence. The Bible says strong meat belongs to those who by reason of use have exercised their senses to discern between good and evil. We're going to have a conversation with our hearts and say we trust in God. The Bible says those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion which cannot be removed but remains forever. I am a truster. I know that's not sound good English, but I'm a truster. This heart is full of faith. This heart is a believing heart. And when God says go, and even though I have toiled all night, I would say nevertheless at your word, I am a man of faith. I'm a woman of faith. I trust God more than I trust anybody else. And I've got good people around me. And that's our prayer. That's our first prayer this morning. That as these signals from heaven come, oh my God, there is a new beginning. But I have a believing heart. I have a believing heart. Bible says, blessed am I, for I walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. I do not stand in the way of the sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful, but my meditation is in God's word. I meditate upon it day and night. I have a believing heart. It is not difficult for me to trust God. When I plan, I ask God questions. When things happen to me, I ask God questions. I'd like us to have that conversation with God this morning. Say, Lord, I do not walk in unbelief. I have a trusting heart. I trust you, Lord. It doesn't matter how old you are in the faith. The fact that you trusted God yesterday doesn't mean you are currently trusting him. 
I trust you, Lord. Someone else is saying, Lord, I trust you with my life. That's a huge call. But Lord, I trust you with my life. Someone else is saying, Lord, I trust you with my career. Because as we lay this foundation, what happens is that we can see clearly. We can hear clearly. In fact, when we say, Lord, we trust you, we say he's no longer a stranger to us. Come on, church. Before we sing another song, I'd like us to let's have this conversation with God. Forget about the person on your left and the person on your right. They cannot change your destiny. They have no say, as it were, on where you end up or how things are with you. It doesn't matter who they are. But we stand in the presence of God today. And I ask you, would you speak to him and say, Lord, I know there are signals all around. But Father, would you cause me to carry constantly a believing heart? A believing heart. The Bible says Jesus did all sorts of awesome miracles before them. He says, but they could not believe him. They could not believe him, even in the midst of the biggest wonders and signs. Jesus to God took this Israelites, millions of them, put food. He, he brought water out of the stones for them. He destroyed the Egyptians for them, delivered them from captivity. But this guy said, look, we are going back to Egypt. They didn't deal with the heart. And that is what is beautiful about when we get born again. We have an opportunity by the Holy Spirit to develop hearts that trust God. Will you trust him with that project? Will you trust him with that pain? Will you trust him with that, with that cloud? Will you trust him with that relationship? Will you trust him with that habit? Will you trust him with that thing that seems to have consumed your heart with anxiety? Because we are now in a place where we cannot hear anything anymore. Would you please hold the hand of the person next to you as we prepare to sing? But begin to declare over them that they have a believing heart. I'd like you to first, if you can, pray in the Holy Ghost over that person. Well, this is a temple of faith. That we are dissolving unbelief. The angel shows up before Mary. You're going to have this and that. She says, oh, cool. But she's got a believing heart, guys. Declare that they have a believing heart. Declare that they trust in God. Holy Spirit, if there's anyone who is fighting pain, anyone who is fighting disappointment, anyone who has been scarred in the past, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus, let new trust rise again. I'd like you to pray for them one more minute. Declare that when God speaks, they hear in the name of the Lord Jesus.
We trust you where it matters. I feel that someone and I feel that someone who needs to pray about one thing. Thank you for praying for the people around you, but I'd like you to just pray about one thing. I don't know what it is. But as we sing this song, you are saying, Lord, I trust you concerning this matter. I don't know what it is. La Lord, I trust you concerning this matter. I don't know what it is. for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.